Well, Deuce Robinson, Nicholas Harbor, there are no more incoming freshman tight ends, so Oregon needs to add a transfer. And the perfect guy is in the portal. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which is being taped just after the Mariners got an opening day win against uh, the Guardians. You're going to have to forgi- forgive my Seattle fandom here for just for today on a Saturday edition of the show. There will be no show on uh, Monday, so this is taking that place. But we know that Oregon needs a tight end. Deuce Robinson announced his commitment to USC. Nicholas Harbor, it didn't work out. Oregon's got just three scholarship tight ends on the roster going into spring football, and the perfect fit is there. His name is Malcolm Epps. There's an L before the second M, just in case you were wondering. Not that it matters, but Malcolm Epps is a 6'6", 250-pound transfer from USC. He's a grad transfer with one year of eligibility left. Now, his stats in 2022 are not going to blow you away, unless I were to start with his touchdown efficiency receptions. Yeah, okay, I didn't phrase that correctly, but basically... 66.7% of his catches in 2022 went for a touchdown. If I just gave you that, your next question would be, well, how many touchdowns did he catch? The answer is two. Now, for those of us who are really good at math, we know that means he had just three catches last year. He had three catches for 18 yards and two touchdowns in all of 2022, which were down from his 2021 numbers. So you might be asking, Spencer, why is this guy the right fit for Oregon football? The answer is that this is going to be his sixth year of college football. Now, he transferred from Texas in 2021, or from Texas after 2021, where he had 10 catches for 173 yards and one touchdown with the Longhorns. He's experienced in multiple conferences at the Power 5 level. He's proved himself capable of playing, but he's also not a primary tight end, which is what makes him so perfect for the Ducks. Capable of making some plays, of catching touchdowns, being a red zone target, being a big body out there as well. But his best year, he's only had two seasons in which he's had double-digit receptions. His other year that was really good, his best one, was in 2019 at Texas. He caught 20 passes for 232 yards and two touchdowns. He was actually listed as a wide receiver that year, but you don't have wide receivers that are 250 pounds, so he is most definitely a tight end. But the fact that he's never been a primary number one makes him the perfect fit for Oregon's tight end situation, because do we need a primary number one? No. Do we even need a number two? Not necessarily. We're looking for like a number three tight end here, and Malcolm Epps can be that guy. Now, I asked our Locked On USC host, Mark Culkin, about him. He said, quote, and he's covered this guy for the last year, obviously, He has so-so hands, but is definitely a red zone mismatch. He also has great top-end speed for a guy his size. Before USC started shuffling the roster with Riley, he literally was electronically timed as the fastest tight end on the team. Take it for what it's worth. So 
I see a guy who's got big size. I see a guy who's not incredibly productive, but we don't need him to be. And I see a guy who's experienced. And I think that is literally perfect for what Oregon is looking for to add in a, a transfer tight end right now. And, and just for reference here, when you're talking about the production Oregon needs to replace, which is that of Maliki Matavau and Cam McCormick, who have moved on to UCLA and Miami respectively, those two last year combined for 20 catches, 200 yards even, and five touchdowns, one of which uh, from Matavau was on the ground. Matavau had 10 catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns, one of them rushing, and Cam McCormick had 10 catches for 66 yards and three touchdowns. I look at that 10 for 134 and two touchdown stat line, and I look at the 2021 numbers from Malcolm Epps, 10 for 173 and a touchdown. I see a lot of similarities there, and I think this is... A really, really good fit. We don't need him to be an explosive, dynamic, amazing playmaker, which is not what he's shown to be, but has a little bit of upside there. I, I don't know what his blocking capabilities fully are. I, I don't have his PFF numbers on that front, but can't be that bad at 6'6", 250 pounds. He certainly got the size, got the experience. I, I think he you know, is not... I don't think he's going somewhere expecting to be a number one tight end because he never has been. So... The question of going to find a guy who is willing to accept a secondary role, I think this is I think this is our guy. So I'm interested to see if Oregon uh, can get him. He, of course, is in the Pac-12 footprint already. And I think that'd be a, a great fit and would just give Oregon the needed depth. That's That's what we're looking for, a depth piece. If you're going for a depth piece, you'd probably like experience. Can't get more experience than a guy who's going into his sixth year of college football. Something else on the football front that uh, pleasantly surprised me, shall we say, that House bill in the Oregon State Legislature, I hope this is the last time we ever have to talk politics, they passed it, but they did not include the provisions saying that coaches and athletic directors would be punished accordingly. I don't really know what else was in there. That's all I cared about. Take those things out. So for once, in, in this society, in this climate... Common sense prevailed. What do you know? What do you know? So that's good news on uh, on on the football front. Now we got some basketball talk to get to today because there are many things a buzzing around the Oregon basketball program at the moment. First things first, a couple of housekeeping items. Tyrone Williams is in the portal. And he may not be the last player to enter the portal. Now, by the time you're listening to this, maybe one of these guys have entered or declared. Brennan Rigsby and Folly Dante, Quincy Garrier, and Rivaldo Source. Those are all names that right now we don't know what their status is, whether or not they're coming back. And look, they could all have in their own way a, a productive role for the Ducks. But I think that if any of them do announce they're leaving, if they come back, Great. I know what I can get from each of them. But if any of them do decide to go, I, I like I can't imagine all four are going to come back. I would be really, really surprised if all four of Rigsby, who was a JUCO transfer last year and unfortunately dealt with injuries a couple times this year, Soares, Garrier, and Dante, I'd be surprised if they all came back. But I'd also be surprised if none of them came back. I, I, I think that each of them could have a role in some form or fashion on this Oregon team, but there are other transfers that Oregon should be going after here. 
in in a big, big way. One name in particular. His name is not FanDuel, but that is the name of, of America's number one sports book. The tournament is taking place maybe as you're listening to or watching this, but whatever you want to bet, FanDuel is the best way to get in on the action. FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. You do that when you join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You can wager on everything from the money line, point spreads, which teams will be cutting down the net all on an app for FanDuel that is safe, secure, super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Go sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on and download the app today. All right, so basketball chatter here. So Tyrone Williams is in the portal. He was, I believe, the leading junior college scorer from a year ago. And you know Dane Altman, he, he loves his JUCO guys. Chris Duarte, JUCO guy. Chris Boucher, JUCO guy. He added a couple for this year, Brennan Rigsby and Tyrone Williams. I don't think either worked out the way that Dana was uh, perhaps hoping or that they had the potential to do so. But the, the name that's in the portal here, it's half in the portals, I'll get to in a moment, that Oregon should be after is TJ Bamba. TJ Bamba played for Washington State this year. He has been in Pullman for the last three seasons. And let me tell you, my excitement level would go up another notch if Oregon added TJ Bamba. Guy's an absolute baller. He has grinded really hard up there at Washington State and has increased his point scoring total in, on a points per game basis each of the last two years. I love seeing that. Now, his name is in the mix for the NBA draft, or he's put his name into the, the field or the pool, whatever it's called, but he's retaining his college eligibility and entering the portal. I haven't seen this before. I, I, I really haven't, but apparently this is something you can do, and this is something that TJ Bamba has decided to do. Now, the flip side of the coin for Oregon is you've got Shellstad coming in You've got Keyshawn Barthelme, and you have Jermaine Kuznard. That's three guards who handle the ball a good amount. But would I describe Bamba as a point guard? No, I think he's actually at six foot five, pretty well suited to be a two guard. Kuznard, Barthelme, Shellstad, do you have a pure point guard in that bunch? Shellstad might be the closest, but you don't necessarily have a full-on facilitator if that's your group, but you've got talent and you've got scoring. And I think you have capable ball handlers and facilitators, but not a guy who does it at a super, super high level. So I don't know what the appeal will be. I know Oregon is interested in TJ Bamba, but how well, how good of a pitch they can make, how strong it is might depend on what other schools can offer because Bamba might look at the backcourt for Oregon and say, well, Kuznar's there, Bartholomew's there, Shellstad's coming in. Okay, let's assume he doesn't get beat out by a true freshman. Where does he fit into the lineup if he's, you know, battling with with, with those other with those other guys? But I, I I would be so very, very down for for TJ Bamba. He averaged less than two assists a game this year, so he's kind of a wing sort of player, kind of a wing guard like that. And a really talented guy, hence the uh, potential NBA interest. But he's also getting interest in the portal from a pretty impressive lineup of schools. LSU, 
Florida, Kansas, St. John's, Seton Hall, Illinois, Arizona, Florida State. So the Ducks are one of nine teams that are actively pursuing this guy via the portal, as they should be. But if he decides not to go to the NBA, he could have two years of eligibility left. You'd figure if he's already testing the NBA waters, he would probably just play for one. But this is college basketball, and now college football falls in this category as well. It's a year-to-year basis. Kansas won the national championship, lost in the round of 32. Now, not having their coach didn't help, but that's the way this goes. And, and Bamba would be an ideal addition in a number of ways. First of all, he's a wing ball handling scorer who is also a good shooter. <laughs> he averaged just under 16 points a game last year, but perhaps most notably for a team that didn't have a single three-point shooter at 36% or above, Barthelme was just under that number, which is fine, but he was 38%. And that, that number, that's essentially how Dana Altman and company should be evaluating potential transfer additions this offseason. Do you shoot the three at at least 35% or higher? If so, you may very well raise our team average from beyond the arc, which was one of the biggest reasons, along with injuries and inconsistent play, but the inconsistent play really went back to the three-point shooting, that this team failed to make the tournament again. Uh, in, in this 2022-23 season. So I'm so down for TJ Bamba. couple other names, one of which we've already added for a reason that I think makes a, a lot of sense, but a, another name to watch in there is Kerr Kreese. Now, Kreese has a little bit of Dylan Brooks to him, which for some people may turn them off to the idea of adding him. For me, I'm quite the opposite. A lot of people nowadays, I've got a couple of Beaver fans who can't stand him. And I mean, I kind of get it. He's done some things in the NBA that you look at and go, dude, it's not going to make you a fan favorite out there. Unless he's on your team. Unless he's on your team. And Kreese is a guy who isn't afraid to get into it, do a little talking, got a little alpha, got a little dog to him. I'm not opposed to adding that to the team because I think it's been sorely lacking from the Ducks the last couple of seasons. They haven't had a number one. They haven't had that sort of alpha. And, you know, Kreese is not as big of a scorer as TJ Bamba is, but he would be a good fit for Oregon too because unlike Bamba, he's more of a facilitator and he does so at a high level. This past year at Arizona, he averaged 9.9 points a game. Why don't we call it 10? So solid score, power five experience at an elite program. He averaged over five assists a game. That's a lot in the college level. That is a lot in college basketball that plays eight fewer minutes per game than the NBA. And you don't have as high of skilled players around you as you do in the pros. Five assists a game. That's like averaging, you know, nine assists a game at at the professional ranks. He also shot it just a shade under 37% from beyond the arc. So here you have a guy, Chris Collinsworth style. Now here's a guy. You have a guy in Kirk Risa who has got power five experience, successfully, might I add. He's got a little dog to him, who can score but doesn't need to score, who facilitates and who shoots the three. Call out the five keys to success that Oregon's looking for in a point guard here. 
Because if you have Kuznard on the wing, and let's say you had Quincy Garrier on the wing, if he comes back, and you got Nate Biddle in the middle, and then you have KJ Evans, and you got Mookie Cook coming in, if you surround Kirk Riso with shooters, I think the offense could take a step up. And in the last two years for Arizona, he started 65 basketball games. That's a plug-and-play, seamless transition guy who could really, really fit fit a, a need that Oregon had from this past year in which, you know, Will Richardson played really well at the start of the year and didn't play well at the end of the year, and the offense struggled because of it. But Kreese is a guy who, you know, had, had some inconsistencies at Arizona, but overall I look at the numbers and think of, you know, watching him play and the way he shoots the ball and the way he facilitates, I, I think – he could be a really, really good fit. And you could play either guard alongside him, too. You could play Bartholomew as a scoring combo guard. You could play uh, Kuznard alongside him or Mookie Cook. Or I'm interested to see how those guys work into the, the, the rotation in their first years, Mookie Cook and K.J. Evans. But the, those, those are two Pac-12 transfers that could help Oregon a lot. And... They both shoot, and and there are other names to watch for as well. I saw they were in on uh, potentially Dalton Connect, who I actually called games for at Southern Utah when they were in the big sky, and Connect is a guy coming out of northern Colorado that just shredded the league this year, shot it well from distance, was like 20 points per game, could be a name to watch. I, I, I'm not opposed to adding a guy like that from a, from a low major conference like the big sky, but Bamba and Creesa. I see power five production. I see fit. I, I think there are a lot of things there that, that make either one. Not you you wouldn't add both. You you don't you don't have the space on the team, uh, and, and you don't have the need, frankly, to add both. But if you could add one of them, I, I'd be fine with with either one. Now, Oregon did add somebody over uh the, the last uh, ten days or so that I've been meaning to get to here on the show. His name is Jadrian Tracy as in J-A-D-R-I-A-N, Tracy. He comes, talking about Dana and his JUCO guys, Florida Southwestern State. JUCOs get the awesomest names, man. Just state, direction, and then the word state. Just throw it out there. He averaged 14 points per game, 14 and a half points per game. He shot it, granted at the JUCO level, but still 43% from beyond the arc. Now, that's the stat that that pops, right? And that's why it's such a, a seemingly natural fit because that's what this Oregon team needs. But there's something else with him when when I was watching some of his highlight reels. He he has elite athleticism. I mean, when I saw when I first saw the reports of oh they have added Jadrian Tracy, he's a 43% three point shooter. He's you know done this that and the other thing. I was like oh okay great. Then I went and watched. You know, some of the clips of him playing, and yeah, he's got a pretty good stroke from beyond the arc, but dude's got bunnies up the wazoo. Like he he can he can jump out of the gym. He is a high flyer, man. I like a, a high flyer. So I, I think if he comes in and is, you know, close to a three point specialist, that's great. But if if he carves out a regular role which would probably fit be a fit, you know, if uh, if Brennan Rigsby doesn't end up coming back. And, you know, I think he'd have the potential over Takeham. Rigsby was fine but struggled shooting the ball last year. If he comes in and people are thinking of him as a three-point specialist, I'd say, well, yeah, it might be the, the primary reason, but 
there's there's another reason too. Um, I I would say expectations for him not super high, right? The potential is is, is there. You know, athletically he's going to be fine if he can adapt his game. He, he could do some really nice things. But one thing that I've always used as a metric to determine how highly coveted a player is is who else is after him, right? So TJ Bamba. LSU, Florida, Kansas, Illinois, Arizona, Florida State, Seton Hall, and St. John's. That is an elite lineup of strictly power six schools. Now, maybe Tracy can develop into something more than what Rigsby was this year, even when he was healthy, which was kind of a spot role player and not much of a scorer. But Oregon State, St. Bonaventure, and Rhode Island were the other schools that were after him. Um, you know, Rhode Island's a, a decent mid-major. Oregon actually played them in the tournament uh, back in 2017 in the second round uh, when they made their run to the Final Four. Uh, they upset whoever the sixth seed was, and Oregon is the three played them in the next round. But it, it's not quite as, like, I, I don't think the expectations for him should be as high as they would be for a guy like Bamba or or Kirk Creasa, who will have uh, plenty of options there. But he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, according to 24-7. And I think that athleticism certainly certainly, uh, certainly shows on the film. So as always, if you have basketball or football questions or anything of the sorts, YouTube comments, Twitter, at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. Uh, wanted to wrap up with this question from Blazer Duck today, which is, uh, I suppose, off topic of sorts. Well, it is, but, you know, it's fun anyway. So, hey, Spencer, I can tell you're a big movie fan. Fact check true. From listening to your show every day, I am as well. It got me thinking, what are your top three most anticipated new movies you want to see this year and why? It's it's funny that you you had me put it as a top three because there are only three movies I'm looking forward to seeing or that I even have on my radar right now. The next one up is Air, the Michael Jordan movie with Matt Damon, Chris Tucker, Ben Affleck. Uh, I think Viola Davis is uh, is in there. Let me double check that. Um, <laughs> type Aircast and I get Aircast like for uh, a broken foot. Um, yeah, Viola Davis is uh, Michael Jordan's mom and like great great cast. Jason Bateman's in there too. So stoked for that. Story looks super, super cool. The next one, chronologically, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because I love Guardians of the Galaxy and that's all I need to know. And the only other movie, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm kind of a movie snob where like, Nothing is nothing is really juicing me and firing me up. And I haven't walked away blown away from a movie in the last couple of years aside from Top Gun Maverick, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's outstanding. It's it's just oh my gosh, it's unbelievably good. But so Air, definitely, Guardians Volume 3, just because I love Guardians. And then the other one, I actually had to do some digging about like what other movies are coming out because like I saw Quantum Mania and it was it was fine. It was like, you know semi-enjoyable marvel movie and whatnot i was like it was, it was okay and then the next one that i'm that i'm that i'm looking forward to is the indiana jones movie right it's indiana jones and the dial of destiny i don't know what they're gonna do with that i don't have super high expectations but i was just looking for a third movie just to answer your question that 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 i'm going to go see in the theaters and i will see all of those uh in in the theaters and i think i need to start watching the john wick movies i've heard those are those are really really good but yeah anytime you got pop culture movie questions mostly movies and television i don't listen to a ton of new music i'm an old music kind of guy hence the guardians love 
by all means, fire away, and I will always answer. Appreciate all of you so much. I'll be back in your feeds on Tuesday. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.